From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Monday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford, a studio here with you to... Uh, Start another week. We had a uh, brief hiatus at the end of last week. We'll be back with you today. A uh, full allotment of shows this week as um, <clears throat> it's a busy week for Ole Miss baseball. Five games coming up for them. They've got a couple of midweeks. And then the last non-conference series of the season against Oral Roberts this weekend. Ole Miss basketball in Tampa on Wednesday night facing the Missouri Tigers after losing to Vanderbilt 66-63 on Saturday for Senior Day there in Oxford. I think they were going to play Vanderbilt either way, right, Neil? Was that, that – that, I mean, play Missouri, sorry. Yes. Right? There yes. was no bearing on the outcome to who they played. I don't believe there was. I don't think a more meaningless game has been played in a long time. Okay. So they were the number 13 seed in the SEC tournament, Van, uh, Georgia, number 14. I think they finished – they finished 1-17 in, in the league. Georgia? Yeah. Yes. Is that what they did? Tom Crean has one more game left as the Georgia head coach, I assume. That would be my bet. So we'll talk some baseball, some basketball, some uh, some combine. Had a, a busy recruiting weekend. A lot of a lot of recruiting content up at rebelgrove.com. Stories, chicks, stuff, and ten thoughts. A lot of different things there. Yep. With uh, with that, so plenty of stuff going on this week. And uh, on the podcast, podcast is brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. Let them take care of you with lunch specials: five sixty nine, two sides bread, thirty two ounce drink. Check out their hot case, pork, chicken, side items, desserts. And plenty more as uh, as well. And we're still trying to give you ten bucks. You can do that by just taking a picture of the QR code, opening up the Exxon Mobile app, and right there on the tank you are filling up. You get a thousand points. Thousand points equals ten dollars. There with all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within fifteen minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done. I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. You'll love the service. You'll love the product, of course. Corey wants to be a car guy. He wants to be a truck guy. The car market's changed. You want somebody who's looking out for your business, and uh, Corey's that guy. Again, 662-257-1900. Guest, join us this week on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters. Music and food on the square in Oxford, a great place if you're coming up for baseball this weekend, if you're looking for a place to watch uh, NCAA, I guess SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, all those tournaments are getting rolling this week. Uh, they'll be on at Rafters. You grab a burger, a po'boy, an appetizer, a beer, full bar, the whole deal there at Rafters. Music and food on the square in uh, Oxford and also in New Albany. Yeah, it was kind of a nutty day in the Big Ten from basketball yesterday. Wisconsin blowing a game against Nebraska, which allowed Illinois to steal uh, a share of the Big Ten title from a regular season standpoint yesterday. I forget who Illinois beat um, to, to pull that off. but I don't remember. You remember either? I, Nebraska, know. I know Hoiberg and Nebraska beat Wisconsin, but I don't remember who Illinois – Iowa, maybe. Oh. Uh, was that right? I don't, I don't know. know. Hell, it doesn't really matter. I didn't, I didn't watch anything yesterday. Kind of took the day off from sports. I don't think I, wa- I don't think I watched a single moment of sports. Was there yesterday. a reason behind that? Uh, no. Just sometimes I get burned out on sports. If I'm honest, yeah. I mean, sometimes I just get really burned out on sports. I don't. 
Like people ask me all the time, like, what sports podcast do you listen to? Really, none. There's a Oklahoma City Thunder sports cast that I, podcast that I listen to occasionally. Not certainly not every time, but like in terms of like Dan Patrick or any of those type shows, never. Literally never. Like n- not not one minute a year. I would run. This is probably ten years ago. I would run to a couple like the more the morning talk shows or whatever national like they're when they went into podcast form as the best of where you're just getting like the 45 minute whatever uh-huh. but i mean that's been a decade i mean since then that's a good point i mean for the most part it's frankly kind of what you've done like some food network some stuff just get away from the sport like just let yeah. you know, just something a little different little whatever there's so much of it we're inundated with it constantly yeah that i i watched like the last five holes of the golf tournament yesterday and that was that was probably about it. I watched, uh, let's see, basically did recruiting all day Saturday. I watched the last handful of minutes of Arkansas, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And then I watched, um, I made myself watch Ole Miss Vanderbilt. I watched some of Duke UNC just because I enjoyed the clown car nature yeah, of it sure. all. And that's about it. You know, I had the house to myself on Saturday night and. I watched, I watched some Food Network. Actually, I watched the Cooking Channel. Oh, but not much variety. Look at you. And then I, I mean, I went to bed ten thirty. I mean, I'm just I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm. I guess it's over. A little Cooking Channel and in bed. I Big Saturday so. night. I, I mean, mean, that was. Yeah. I mean, did you have some modules too, some non-alcoholic beer. No, just, no. Uh, I fixed just a mar- a- I fixed a margarita. It was good. You know. <sighs> They're so easy to make fun of, and it's much more easy. It's more much more fun to make fun of them. You got to give Penny some credit. Now, look, sure, they're going to go dancing. They've won eleven of twelve, whatever it is. It's somebody said in the stream. He almost got his damn self fired. Um, what he did was remarkably stupid. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't apologize for what he did in Oxford. I mean, when I said, dudes, they. I've watched basketball a long time. I looked at their bench. They were dead in the water. Their bench was 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 terrible. Yeah. They were playing Imani Bates 30-something minutes, and he wasn't ready to play. They were bad. I mean, kudos to him for turning it around. It doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that on that day in December, they were a train wreck. Yeah. It just doesn't change that. And the day he yelled at Calkins, train wreck. Yeah, it was a disaster. Now, I never would have given them a chance to run off this level of run. Now, they are more talented than most of the teams they play. So, if they just kind of get out of their own damn way, they're going to win most of these games. Yeah. But, I mean. They sweep Houston. I give them a ton of credit for turning it around. He obviously listened to some criticism, and he fixed some things. Oh, Rashid Wallace is not on their bench anymore. Sure. Bates isn't playing. They're uh, going through Jalen Duran now. And Jay, I mean, when they played in Oxford, I didn't even notice Jalen Duran, who's a lottery pick, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, Duran's probably the sixth, seventh pick in the draft. I didn't even notice him in Oxford. I forgot he was there. Everything was about Amoni Bates, the 17-year-old kid who's got a, a great reputation, and I'm sure a very bright future, but he's not ready yet. They were bad. All the people are, oh, you guys were wrong. That day, I wasn't wrong. I mean, I, I, I can't see into the future. Credit to him for turning it around. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's growing up as a coach. But on that day, his program, his team, was a train wreck. Yeah. Two things can be true at once. And he's, I mean, he's not a – they're not a Sweet 16 contender right now. I, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know that I'd say that. When you have when you have a big like Duran and you have guards who can get him the ball, depending on your draw, sure. He's I mean, he's really good, and they're finally using him. He's the focal point of their team. Mm-hmm. In December, again, he was an afterthought. And that was completely on Penny Hardaway, one million percent. But he's yeah. fixed it, and that, and he deserves all of the credit. Yeah. Uh, only real news that has come out of the weekend, Ole Miss taking two out of three from Central Florida, Kevin Graham getting hurt on Saturday uh, afternoon. This is the 10th inning. There was a he was he hit a ground ball to third base. The throw pulled the first baseman off the bag, and when the first baseman came down with the tag, it sort of tripped up Kevin. He fell, and when he fell, he tumbled and braced his fall with his wrist. He jammed his wrist. It uh, was incredibly sore. He wore a splint on Sunday. Mike said they had x-rays done in Orlando. Had them sent back to Oxford, which I didn't really understand. I'm sure somebody in Orlando could read an x-ray, but whatever. They That's got not really my... x-ray readers in Orlando? I mean, I, I would assume that... Yeah, it was it was kind of a weird statement. Like, I, I didn't have the energy or the desire to follow up and really try to get to the bottom of it, but I, so I kind of just went, okay. Is it a contract thing? They're required, to, has to, they're required to send it back to Oxford? I don't know. So it said that... people get pretty sensitive here if you move stuff around now. Yeah. And that no, never mind. You didn't say it. I did. I know, but I'm 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 not going down that road right now. Uh, so we were splint. They sent X-rays back here. Mike said he's going to see a doctor here today. I think Mike even said they might get more X-rays done today. I don't know. I got a little confused by that part of it. And then uh, they'll find out more. I don't know that it's overly serious, but the fact that he obviously could not swing a bat yesterday is somewhat significant. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, is it fracture or something? I don't, I don't know. No, no, no clue. And I have no idea what the recovery of that is either. A lot of bones in the wrist. There are a lot of bones in the wrist. But I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I have not seen the x-ray. And I couldn't read it if I did. You could if, throw me the x-ray and unless it's pretty glaring. It I, would have to be one of those, the compounds, where, hey, yeah. that's separated. That's a problem. I have a hunch. I will say if it's going to happen, you'd rather it happen now. Oh, sure. This is much better than May 10th. Yeah, May 10th he's done for the year if it's a fracture. Now he's done I, done until middle of April, probably. Yeah. Um, I'll try to get some thoughts on what potential prognosis are there in the next couple hours. Um, yeah, speaking of SEC, Landon Sims leaving his start. He had struck out 11 of 12 uh, green wave batters on Friday night when uh, he threw a pitch and did a pretty telltale sign of a hand uh, losing feeling in his hand. He started kind of wiggling his fingers in his hand. I have had that. It means your UCL is impacted in a very ser- serious way. I would assume that they're going to come out today and say he does have a UCL tear. There, There is a – I talked to a couple doctors about it. There's a possibility because of how he acted that – it is a nerve relocation issue where it, the, the, the ulnar nerve is coming out of its groove and that is causing tint and tingling and numbness and different things. But even then they'd have to go in and fix it, right? You could steroid him up and try to stabilize it and maybe get through it, but you're really tinkering at that point. And at some point something would need to be, yeah, especially if it was continuing to happen. Yeah. Um, but my, again, this is 820 as we're talking. So they might come out in 20 minutes and say it's torn or not torn or whatever. But as my, in, my indication right now is that yes, he definitely has a UCL issue at that, uh, at that point. So sucks for the kid. It really does. Oh, I mean, terrible. The... You always hate that for pitchers. I mean, he, he threw a lot of high pressure 
max effort pitches last summer. And you just wonder if that took a tear, took a load. He's a he's an interesting draft guy because he throws the hell out of it. I still think he's a reliever at the next level. He still has no tape, if you will, on starting for the most part, other than these couple weeks. It it's it's high impact. It's not an easy delivery at all that he has. It's 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 interesting kind of what happens with him moving forward at this point. I I, I don't I don't know. That's a that's a tough one, but either way, state they uh they're a little fat and happy coming off a title. It happens. It's understood. They also have just some roster issues, frankly. They have very little pitching. Their bullpen was already a disaster prior to Sims going out. They lose two out of three against Tulane over the course of the weekend, including blowing a 10-2 lead on Saturday. They were up 10-2 and got beat 11-10. Tulane tied it in the ninth with a fly ball where they tagged up two runners on the same play and scored Oof. a runner from second to tie the game. It's like Major League. It's a little late. Yeah, there is that play in Major League, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Two-run score on a bunt. Oh, well, that too. But did they score on a sack fly too, too at one point? During, like, the montage? I can't remember. Where, like, he slides in and he, like, turns this way and the other guy. I think they're playing the Twins. God, why do I know this? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'll have I think, to go back and look for it. I think that's right, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, something like that. So, State six and six on the season, and they have two midweek games with uh, Texas Tech and Biloxi, so not getting any easier for the Bulldogs. And just Tulane's on a bad team, but they're piling up some bad losses. I mean, they're getting some RPI bombs on this thing. It's 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 definitely an, a problem at this point. They have lost as many games already as you really can lose in the non-con and still host, unless you throw up some crazy ass number. No, they appear to have some issues. They appear to have taken a pretty significant step back. I mean, I haven't watched them, but I've read about it. I watched, I guess I watched a little bit of Saturday. State or Ole Miss? Ole Miss. Seems like I turned them on. The one nothing game? In in here, yeah. Yeah, I did, because I watched some of the last few innings. It was on in here when I was trying to write recruiting. Saturday was a weird game. Ole Miss 3 for 37 offensively on uh, on Saturday. I'm going to call it an anomaly right now. I think they did start pressing, uh, though. They absolutely, after the, about the first three or four innings, they started trying to hit the nine-run home run. They got frustrated. They were rolling over a lot of balls. It, it became contagious the other way, kind of like offense sometimes becomes contagious in a positive way. They just got to figure out starting pitching. You know, Gaddis was really good on Saturday. Gives them seven scoreless innings. I wrote about it this morning. The bullpen throws 15.2 innings over the course of the three days. They only give up two runs during that during that that stretch. They were excellent. A lot of freshmen contributed. Dylan DeLucia was really good as a JUCO transfer yesterday. But they are getting, relative to what they need, very little on Friday and very little on Sunday right now. Mike, he kind of let Derek off the hook a little on Friday. He talked about how he competed and fixed it for a minute, and it was not his best stuff, but he was okay. He really kind of put put McDaniel to the fire a little bit yesterday. He talked about how he's got to be a lot better. Um, just got to compete more, all those kind of things. So we'll see where it goes. I mean, he... Mike's got a little bit of a negative reputation as far as it's not what he actually does. He's pretty good about switching up rotation pretty early in the season if he sees a glaring problem, and I think they're there to to tinker a little bit. I think he has – if he has any aspect where he might want to start Jack Doherty at some point in the first part of the season, this week's an interesting week to maybe give that a look because he did not throw over the weekend just situational. He was not saving Doherty for any midweek stuff or anything like that. They just weren't in a safe situation yesterday where they needed him because they were end up winning nine to one, and then they lost on Saturday in a weird game. Um, 
But if you wanted to test it a little bit, you've got him completely rested with two midweeks coming up. He's going to throw Washburn on Tuesday, but I'll be curious to see what he does on Wednesday moving forward. It's kind of an interesting thing in the SEC West if you think about it. <laughs> I can't speak to LSU's pitching because I just don't know. But Arkansas lost their ace. They Mississippi did. State has lost their ace. Ole Miss doesn't appear to have an ace. Correct. I mean, Friday nights in the SEC could be kind of interesting because usually – it's a bunch of SEC aces going at each other, and it's a quick two-hour and ten-minute two-to-one That's game. That's not this year at all. doesn't appear that way. Uh, Ole Miss is having a hard time establishing its starting pitching. Arkansas is having a hard time finding a, a day-one starter. They've lost two Fridays already, I think. I think so. Mississippi yeah. State obviously just lost their ace. And, again, I can't speak to the others. That's the extent of my college baseball knowledge at this point. But, no, it's it, it's a different league. You don't have those just – Eight to twelve first round guys that are all battling it out and doing different things. That's not there. This 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 league is offense heavy. Um, it's where Georgia pitches pretty well. I'm kind of curious watching them as the year moves forward. But no, it's it's different. And you know, I, I see a lot of hey, just move John Gaddis. Well, if Gaddis is going to be an above average elite Saturday guy, I'm hesitant to move him when that's such a different role. I let him try to go eight and two on Saturdays and see what happens. Um. You know, a good example of that is Christian Trent. He couldn't lose as the day two guy in 2014. He yeah. was 10-0, whatever he was. He was tremendous. He um, competes, competed his ass off. Moving to 15, and now that team wasn't nearly as good, so it was not all his fault, but he did not throw as well. There is a different feel to a Friday, and if I've got something really working in the middle of the rotation, I'm hesitant to just take him. And then it's almost like – because you almost create two problems. What if he's not as good on Friday and now you're not as good on Saturday and it starts tumbling on you a little bit? You need so. three starters. No matter how you line them up, you need three starters, and if you don't have three starters, you have a problem. And right now, they don't. I don't think they have three starters. And I don't think Mike is one of those guys that would be dedicated to completely pitching backwards with openers and stuff like that. No, and I don't I, blame I don't, him. I, I, I'm not a fan. That it, can go sideways, especially in, in college baseball. When thing like yeah, that can go sideways quick. Pretty volatile on what you're getting week to week, and just yeah, counting on that is a is a tough strategy. So. We'll see. It's a reason most people don't do it. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss staying at number two in the top 25 this week. Texas, after a two-in-one week at the Shriners Classic, they beat LSU, they beat Tennessee, they lost to UCLA yesterday. Texas did. So uh, they stay number one in uh, in that. I think LSU went maybe one and two. I think Tennessee went two and one. LSU went one and two um, there at that tournament, I believe is what happened. Texas already with five SEC wins on the uh, on the season as they swept Alabama last week and then beat Tennessee and LSU over the course of the weekend. Longhorn's pretty good. Yeah. So anyway, they won't be intimidated to join in the SEC. No, it'll be fine. It'll, it'll be fine. all be all right. They'll do well. Yeah, Oklahoma's kind of average. Texas really good, obviously. Yeah. So that's that's sort of where it's at. Uh, all right, we'll uh, shift gears in a second. First, I'll tell you about community mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. You're getting local underwriting and understands your market. A leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-B at communitymtg.com. Lots of conference tournaments starting this week. You can bet on those at uh, Brothrow. It's Brothrow.com. It's a social sports betting network, free to use. Really cool, fun way to bet. No third party, no juice. Over time, that saves you money. You can start your own friends, make friends, invite your friends. Payment happens within 24 hours of the conclusion of your bet. You can take the other side of an existing bet, start a new bet, and more at brothrow.com. Dead Soxy has a home run deal you don't want to miss. Watch the Ole Miss Oral Roberts baseball series. 
this weekend with anticipation of an out-of-the-park sales event. At the conclusion of the series on Sunday, Dead Soxie will discount match the number of home runs the Rebels hit over the three games with a multiplier of 10 as a percentage discount that's going to be capped at 60%. I was waiting on that. All right. So if the Rebels hit five home runs in the series, the promo code will activate for 50% off, etc. The home run sale will uh, run from the conclusion of the game on Sunday until midnight on March the 20th. So spring into action and take advantage of this incredible offer over the weekend. Visit deadsoxy.com. Use the promo code REBELGROVE at checkout to receive the home run sale percentage of all orders. Off all orders, I should say. Uh, Game Changer Patches. Game Changer Patch Company is the uh, sponsor of 10 Weekend Thoughts. That's up at rebelgrove.com. Lots of recruiting. There's like basically four recruiting stories in 10 Weekend Thoughts. Some SEC baseball stuff. Uh, Burton Webb's Recipe of the Week. Links and more. So a lot of stuff's there. I started to make a smart-ass comment, but I didn't. I stopped. Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink, and the overtime patch is used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game ready for the next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Automation and Control Systems, LLC, owned and operated by Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi, was established in 2013. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. They have a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. If uh, you're in need of custom HMI and SCADA solutions or large horsepower VFD specialist, ACS has you covered. They can service and install Rockwell Automation, Allen Bradley, Siemens, ABB, Square D, and many other manufacturers. Get in touch with them at ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. My guest also brought to you by Johnson Hill Creamery. That's 662-419-9201 or cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. Small batch, artisanal cheese and fermentation, charcuterie, bakery, bakery, catering, grazing tables, and much more. So uh, what do you need for an event coming up? Specialty trays. Call ahead and order. They're open 10 to 5 most days. You uh, can find out more on their Instagram page as well. So just search johnsonhillcreamery.com on Instagram. More there with uh, Johnson Hill Creamery. We'll be back in a second. We'll talk basketball coming up. Uh, again, Ole Miss losing 66-63 to Vanderbilt on Saturday. They play on Wednesday in Tampa for uh, for this one. What's well, got a chance to be a pretty good tournament, but... Ole Miss sitting there as the 13 seed. Missouri, the uh, the 12 seed. They're the first game of the tournament, so the Rebels or Tigers will be the first one home. That is a 5 o'clock start on Wednesday, and then Georgia and Vanderbilt, the 11-14 game, they play at 7.30 on a March the 9th. So, yep. Captivating opening games there for the uh, – Look, if you're playing on Wednesday, it's the season didn't go well. I mean, there's no other way to put it. They're 4-14 in the league. That's very disappointing. On Thursday, Texas A&M, the eight seed, which suddenly actually has something to play for. They play the Florida Gators, a nine seed. That is a huge game. Oh, look. Just Texas, a huge game. Texas A&M is sitting there. It's right in front of them. That's a huge task. But if Dude. they beat Florida and then beat Auburn, they're in. They're in. You're going to win two games. And they're right there. And now beating Florida is one thing. 
Beating Auburn's another. Beating Auburn's another. But they'll get their it's shot. An opportunity. They, After blowing so many games and looking, frankly, like warmed over hell in the middle of the season. They don't look like warmed over hell right now. They no. are playing with an intensity. LSU plays the winner of Missouri and Ole Miss. LSU is the five seed. LSU obviously comfortable into the NCAA tournament. South Carolina and Mississippi State, a 7-10 game at 6 o'clock on Thursday. And then Alabama getting the winner of Vanderbilt and Georgia. The nightcap at scheduled 8 o'clock, but whatever time that uh, that is on Thursday night. Do they usually stay pretty close to schedule, or are they, is, they it, is it Hooverish pretty, where it gets no, stupid? No, they do a pretty good job of staying. But they're only putting two hours between. It would run a little over. but Two hours between the two sessions? Well, yeah. Well, no, no, never mind. I guess that's true. You only got two sessions, so it's not as big of a deal. Both games are going to start 15 minutes late, the second of each session, I would yeah. assume. Yeah. Something like that. And then, obviously, Auburn is the one seed. Arkansas is the four. Tennessee is the two. And Kentucky is the uh, is the three. The top four teams in the league are legitimately really good. The five and six are scary. And, again, it's in front of A&M. I mean, it's right there. They're 56 in the net. So they're going to play Florida on a neutral site. Florida's a 54. And then if they win, they get Auburn on a neutral site, and Auburn's a 10. You win it, you're probably in. Got to win it, though. A win over Florida. In saying all that, I do not anticipate these things happening. Auburn's just one of those weird teams. If I told you Florida or A&M got in, which one's getting in? A&M. Oh, really? You think that's me? I just don't like Florida's team at all. And you think they're out? I mean, they're 54 net. They're, I'm looking at them. They're 19 and 12, 4 and 6 on the road, 3 and 1 on neutral floors. They are 2 and 9 against quad one. Uh, A&M's 3 and 8 against quad one. They're 4 and 2 against quad two. A&M's 3 and 1 against quad two. Um, Florida six and zero against quad three. A and M's five and two. A and M has two quad three losses, which hurts you. Florida seven and one. That loss to Texas Southern is is sitting on their resume as like this that. bright light. And A and M's eight and zero against uh, quad four teams. So, I mean, frankly, it's hard to make a super compelling argument for either of them. Though, if A and M were to win twice, you could make that argument. If Florida and if Florida were to win twice, you could make that argument. But I think Florida's in the same boat A and M is in. They've got to go through each other. It's almost like beat Bobby Flay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got to go through each other to get to Bobby Flay. And if you beat Bobby Flay, you're you're, you're good. Beating Bobby Flay is a difficult thing to do. Auburn is Bobby Flay. Auburn is Bobby Flay today. Is but you can at. beat them. That's, it is doable. I've seen it done. Well, their guard play is so weird that if you can get them into a game late, you can beat them. Yeah, it's hard to get them into a game late because they're so good. And when they go through Smith and Kessler, they're they're an elite team. Yeah, but when they get late in games, final four minutes, and it becomes a guard game, they become very fallible. I think Bruce would tell you that. Sure. Uh, Jackson, thanks for the super chat. He said McCants did have enough evidence to press charges against the umpire. Yeah, McCants struck out twice on balls that were nowhere near the strike zone, including the first one when Ole Miss had, I guess, bases loaded at the time with one out that you kind of would have liked to have seen that full count pitch because the ball was at his chin and the catcher did a bad job framing it, so it was a little strange he got that call. But nonetheless, he says, what do you think about banning the shift? I, 
I'm against it totally. Yeah, I mean. Why would you ban the shift? Explain how you can make that a rule. The rule is you, you can, would have to literally tell each position. You would have to give them but areas why? to play in. But why? The rule is you can put nine people on the field. One has to pitch. That's the rule. I completely agree with you. I'm playing. So if I advocate. put, if I put in football, why don't we just tell all eleven they can just go stand wherever they want on their side of the line of scrimmage? A, football has a rule about how many people have to be on the line of scrimmage. Sure. Baseball does not what have if you that change rule. The rule. Well, I guess you can, but why? What's the incentive to change it? Why? So that guys can hit more? Would banning the shift even cause offenses to play differently? Would it even bring back, if you want the the old way brought back of playing offense in, in, in the professional level? Maybe. The pitching is so good that it's just different now. Which is one of the reasons why it's much easier to get the one hit than it is four. Well, it's a much more swing and miss game now. So guys are swinging for fences because you're trying to maximize contact. George Rowell pointing out the NBA bans some defenses. Okay. The NBA has, has – What's banned? What is that? What can you not do? Essentially, you have to play man. You can play some zone principles, but you can't just pack into a 2-1-2. Oh, really? You can't? No. It's illegal? They will call it an illegal defense. No kidding. Yeah. I did not know that. I had no idea. It's not my thing. Yeah, and you get a free throw in the ball. Really? Yeah. Why? Because they want you to play man, and they don't want you to. But hold on a minute. But why? Because it's more scoring, more excitement. So that is why. They are doing the same thing we're talking about. To create more one-on-ones. When did that rule go in place? As long as I can remember, really, mm-hmm. I had no idea. Okay. It's with there's with the guy where he's in the paint and stuff like that. There's there's just some stuff they don't call it very often. Okay, because frankly, if you play a zone against NBA teams, they're just going to bomb threes and laugh in your face because they're going to get open looks. Well, they're great like shooters. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Otherwise, you don't play in the league. And so the guys who are in the league to shoot are great shooters. Yeah. Like, they're the guy that if they went to your YMCA, they'd make, like, 50 in a row from three and laugh at you. Okay. So if you pack in a zone, they'll 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 shoot they'll shoot you the hell out of the zone. Okay. Yeah, yeah I had no clue. Okay. Hmm. Who knew? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm mostly against it. I'm not quite as hard line, but, yeah, I, have, I see no real reason to – I mean, I'm not against it per se. I just don't understand why, what the incentive is. I mean, if you want to put seven people out in right field, do it. It's probably going to work against you at some point, but. And they've been shifting forever. And that's just another thing for the umpires to have to call. So what's the. Sh- I mean, you'd have to literally draw a line on the field. I think you'd have to put lines on the field. Yeah. Second baseman can't go past this. Shortstop well, can't go past this. At the st- is it at the at the pitch? I'm sure too. And then now the umpire's got to watch all of that. Hey, where where was the second baseman when he let the ball go? That's too much. Just play. Automatic strike zone. You're in, right? Yeah, I'm in. Okay, for sure. You hate the well. That's just part of a game for them to miss calls. Well, yeah, no, 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 no actually. fix it. That's fixable. But I'm not for having them having to watch the shortstop and the second baseman and the third baseman while a ball potentially could be screaming at them in a quarter second. I'm not in favor of that. I'm in favor of making the umpire's job easier, not harder. Sure. 
Yeah, I'm for a robot. I'm absolutely for the robot strike zone. What's Florida going to do with Mike White? Depends on who you talk to. He's owed a lot of money. He's owed a lot, a lot of money. Of and money. I think people forget. I, and frankly, I forgot a little bit until I saw it on Saturday. They were built around Keontae Johnson. They were. And he almost died. Didn't play. I mean, they're a different team over the last two years. Thank God he's okay, apparently. Yeah. But, you know, they're a different team if a healthy Keontae Johnson's on the floor. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, they would have they would have probably made a tournament run last year. I mean, he was the preseason SEC player of the year, for God's sake. Yeah. You think he's okay, your guess? I'm 50-50 flip a coin. I think the money is so much that he's okay. I do think it is prohibitive. It appears around the country right now that even Missouri, for example, Conzo Martin, the money is an issue. What's it worth to buy out coaches? And then who do you go get? So if you're Florida, when you fire Mike White and pay him, what do they owe him, 10? I think it's more than that. I think it's literally closer to like 15. So let's call it $13 million. Okay, then what? It's been my thing is then what? Not his problem, and you got to pay the next guy. Yeah, because he walks out the door with his check, and now you got to bring a new guy in. And how's he going to be significantly better? Maybe he can. Maybe that. Maybe that's a just a great job sitting there waiting to happen. But I don't know. I just don't see it as a great job waiting to happen. That doesn't. Doesn't really link up a little very much. Well, I mean, there there are multiple jobs in the league that are just better than that one. It's a good job. Is it as good as Kentucky? No. Is it as good as Arkansas? No. Tennessee? No. LSU? No. I mean, for sure, those. You know, those are those are those are the only for sure better jobs. Yeah, I'm not going any farther on guarantee. So. Yeah, I just don't know who you go get. I mean, do you go young? Do you go what? Do you, what do you do? do? You do. I mean, Mike's Mike's a great guy. He's working his ass off. Probably too clean. I don't know. We'll see. Thursday, I mean, yeah, Thursday feels like a big game for for Mike. Yeah. Uh, the Ole Miss women beat Florida in the quarterfinals of the SEC tournament before losing to South Carolina in the semifinals. They are projected by ESPN to be a six seed in the NCAA tournament. That would put them, uh, or at least the projection has them in Iowa City, uh, playing Gonzaga in round that, one. Uh, that is a reward. A reward. They are in a quad in the projection. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I'm assuming selection Sunday is Sunday. Um, it is. is that right or uh, Monday? I think it's Sunday. Is it Sunday? I believe so. Okay. Oh, the, the projection has Ole Miss, the sixth seed, with Gonzaga, the 11, Iowa, the three, and Southern Illinois, the uh, the 14, in that quad. Um, getting seated just above three SEC teams, which are at number seven, which you don't see that very often. Kentucky, Georgia, and Florida all on the number seven line. Charlie Cream, who does uh, women's basketball NCAA projections, said that uh, – the NCAA, they do this for men and women. They can move you up or down one line to make the bracket work. Um, and that a couple of the SEC teams, frankly, should be sixes, but they had to move them to do some different things and to make the bracket work. So 
First world problems. First world problems. So they're at seven, and that's where it is. And What a reward, though, to get to go to Iowa City. I mean. Women's basketball does those pod things where they let teams play at home if you're the whatever. Yeah. The seed. Smart. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, I have no, I have no issue there. It's smart. The SEC projected to get nine teams into the SEC tournament, I mean, the NCAA tournament from a women's standpoint. Yeah. Missouri, uh, an 11 seed, I believe, is the lowest ranked one, unless I missed something when I scanned it. LSU at two. They've done a good job in the first year under Kill Mulkey. Um, Imagine that. That was going to be a good hire. She's psychotic at times, but. Which times is she not? What's, I think it was Bennett Hip. Maybe if it wasn't Bennett, like I'm giving you credit for. Somebody said Mulkey on the court makes Will Wade look damn near likable, um, which. <laughs> Not completely wrong at times, so I'll, I'll, I'll admit it's, uh, you know. Can you imagine how pissed off Nate Oates was Saturday? Had him beat. Mm. That, that that love loss is not going away, is no. it? They're, it's, that's sticking for a yeah, while. They don't like each other. And the players at this point are well in on the, on the situation. Oh, sure. That game was a great game. Arkansas-Tennessee was a great game. Arkansas was down 25 points in Knoxville. I might have been more impressed with Arkansas in a loss than I was in all of the wins. To come back and make that a two-point game and, and with the ball, that was impressive. This It's got a chance to be a great tournament. Friday has a, I mean, another LSU-Arkansas game on Friday. The last time they played, it was an absolute rock fight. I mean, they, and I mean that in a... Positive way, kind of actually. a positive way. I mean, they were trying to kill each other. If it goes by chalk, you get you get Auburn against a desperate team in the in the eight nine. Mm-hmm. You get uh, is Tennessee the two? Tennessee's. I think that's right. I think it's I think it's Kentucky the three, Arkansas the four. Yeah, so you get uh, you get Tennessee's the two playing. The seven ten winner. I guess that'd be the dud game. That's Carolina State. Yeah, that's a dud. You get Kentucky against Alabama, which is a good game, and you get Arkansas LSU if it goes by chalk, that which is, is a potentially great game. And if it stayed chalk in the semis, you would get Auburn, Arkansas, and Tennessee, Kentucky. And here's the thing: if you're not playing on Friday, the SEC tournament, you do have to reevaluate where you are. If you're not playing on Friday, you do have to reevaluate where you are. And I'm the one storyline with Ole Miss, and I said this a week ago. I'm, I'm going to reiterate it today. It got misinterpreted by some people, which is predictable. If you're not making a change, and I don't think Ole Miss is, I'm not positive on that, but I don't think they are. Sure. You do have to come out with the – I think you have to tell people why. There was no one at the game Saturday. That's hyperbolic, but not – you know what I mean? It was bad. We, we, you and I both, we knew the one were there. We saw pictures. It was rough. I mean, I've talked to people who said 2,000. No, I have no idea. What, is that hyperbolic? And they did I, senior I day, and I get it's for the game, and I get it's never full. It was it was a awful crowd for the senior yeah. day portion of the thing. That's with the kid from Oxford. Yeah, I mean. I mean, you know, you, you, you have to reevaluate where you are, and if you're not making change and you're moving forward, you do I, – I think – you don't have to. You don't know the media, a damn thing. But I do think if you want fans to come to games next season, you want fans to invest in your program, you want fans to invest emotional and financial capital into your program, I think you're going to have to explain to them 
why you are where you are and how you plan to get out of it. Because this is two out of the last three years. People, I, I said this the other day, people do the pandemic thing with Ole Miss. Ole Miss finished its season that year, hours before the pandemic ended college basketball. Mm-hmm. They finished their season the traditional way, losing to Georgia and going 6-13 and 13 in the SEC. So this year they're 4-14 they're and 14 playing a team in Missouri that they've lost to twice. If they lose on Wednesday, you're 4-15 and 15 in the league. You, you, can't, you can't walk away from that, go into a press conference. This isn't me picking on Kermit. It's just if I were advising, you can't say, you know, we were just a few buckets away. No, no, A&M was a few buckets away. When you go 4-15, and 15, you weren't a few buckets away. Again, this is not scientific. I told Neil this yesterday. I ran a poll on Saturday, and I put it up. I guess the baseball game was – the basketball game was just beginning. It had just started, and the baseball game was in somewhere in the middle to late innings at that point of Saturday. Regulation, the nine innings of the 12 innings they played. And the options – it was a Twitter poll. And the options were you're at hoops, if you're an Ole Miss fan. You're watching hoops. You're watching baseball or none of the above. I didn't include the women's basketball game, which actually was also going on at this time too, and I got yeah. a couple write-ins on that. Because they tipped off an hour before the men's game. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you are – I mean, there's most people are kind of on Twitter following the other games, even if you're consumed by whatever. The results. At hoops, 0.8%. Watching hoops, 2.7%. None of the above, 12.2%. Watching baseball, 84.3%. On ESPN Plus, which is an additional add-on pay from what you have to get for SEC Network Plus, non-con against Central Florida in a game that had no bearing on the season whatsoever. In March. I mean... Yeah, in in a game that... Again, not scientific, but those results are staggering. Yeah. Versus the final home game of the season from a basketball standpoint. Yeah. And I reiterate what I said earlier. If you look around the country, look at some of the crowds at other places. So th- this is not blaming fans, okay? You guys go wherever you want. No. You watch whatever the hell you want to watch. No, absolutely not. And I've been around this for a really long time. I don't know that from a, the from the fan that is kind of interacting and whatnot, that, you know, you got your diehards in every sport, sure. They're going to follow no matter what. That's going to be their thing. It's not and ever been less cool to be a basketball fan at Ole Miss right now than right now. Football's winning. Baseball's got stuff, if nothing else. Well, if you're sitting in the room, a, right, if you're sitting in the room when Keith Carter has a staff meeting or something, you someone has to say the magic words, which is apathy is the worst thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anger means we're engaged. Yeah, hey, anger's good. Yeah, you want them pissed off. Pitchforks and stuff marching down the street. They're they're motivated. Yeah. The parade. They're motivated. Yeah, it's the I don't. Care. It's I'm not. I don't know. I don't even know who they're playing. I'm not. I, there was a basketball game. Yeah. That kind of apathy is not good. Yeah. And for all of the jokes of this is March, watch games this week. Oh, sure. Watch games this week. And tell me you don't want to be engaged in that. Yeah, sure. It's And when people do the, how come college baseball doesn't get more TV? Because the product is really hard to televise. It is. Basketball yeah. is not. It's a two-hour window. You can put games. You can stack them. You want to be a part of that. You you do. If you're if you're an athletics program, you want that publicity. Yeah. You want to be playing meaningful basketball in March. You want to be you want to be on quarterfinal Friday at the SEC tournament. Right. 
podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark, NESPRC, service people across rural communities, two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service available, parental controls, network security, and much more. So get the best internet in Lafayette County. Again, that's 662-238-3159. We're also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Uh, Lamons is at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving the Oxford area for about 75 years. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons, the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662 excuse me, 2342777 also brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products, same great services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo or the surrounding area, call Comer 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis or the surrounding area, call Southern 662-429-4429. The College Corner is your one-stop rebel shop, two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. They've got the uh, largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. Also brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got uh, clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. Founded in 1997, Pinnacle provides detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and so much more. You can learn more at mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. Also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. John's part of Virtuoso. It's a worldwide travel network that allows him to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits that are simply not available to other travelers. You really want to go through a uh, travel person if you're traveling especially if you're leaving the country. My brother's going to the Virgin Islands this week. All sorts of COVID protocols, things that he's got to do. Bit of a nightmare, frankly, uh, if you don't know what you're doing. So get in touch with John. Just give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He'll give you options and know this. You don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Also brought to you by OPA, Oxford's newest restaurant on the historic square. They have a delicious menu featuring euros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, and more. Handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, and amazing candlelit patio. All of that at 306 South Lamar in Oxford. And we're brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Podcast also brought to you by GNM Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedScene. If your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. Also, with Rightway Meds, they'll individually package your medication for those who need that extra step. They can save lives in some circumstances with some people. So, again, in Oxford or Holly Springs, that's GNM or Tyson Drugs, 662-236-2222. Uh, NFL Combine. We'll probably talk more about this tomorrow because, frankly, I am not as prepared on that as I uh, sort of expected to be. But that's fine. I got all week. It's not going anywhere. We got plenty of draft t- time to talk about the draft. Yes. Prior to it happening, uh, Sam Williams made some money. He had a good forty. Mm-hmm. Um, not a surprise there at all. Sam's going to make a lot of money. Uh, I thought Snoop did pretty well between uh, all of his different scores. Had a good bench press number. 
he uh, he acclimated well. Otherwise, it was just kind of okay. Braylon had a good. Braylon was like a four four two four four one. Did really really well, but it is an insanely fast wide receivers class. He 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 finished eleventh or twelfth in wide receiver forty times at a four four one four one two. Come on, I mean it's it's guys are get, guys have figured out how to maximize all of. Frankly, it's made the forty time kind of stupid and not indicative of much. Like I've seen Eric at home and some people point out the ten fastest forty times in history and the guys there's just as many busts as guys have worked out because you're preparing for an event that doesn't necessarily relate to football at all at this point and we're trying to decide what effort well, to put onto that. And, and you're leaving from a stance that you'll never run either. That too. It's a little I mean, it's a little misleading. Chance, uh, speaking of forties, Chance Campbell silenced some critics. That wasn't a surprise. It was to a lot of critics. It wasn't a surprise. Not to me. Not to you. Not to people who watched him. No. If he ran could, about the 40 I expected. Yeah. But a lot of people are like, oh, he's a four seven five four eight guy. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's faster than that. Yeah. I was happy for him. Got a shot. Yeah, I was happy for his family. I think, yeah. he's gonna, I think he'll get drafted. And he'll make a team. Yeah, Jordan Davis at Georgia ran a four eight at three hundred and sixty pounds he, he or whatever made, it was. He, he made a lot of money. He's he's a, he's an athletic dude. A tremendous amount of money was made by him. Him and then who I believe is going to be the number one pick, Evan Neal, weighing what he weighs and looking like that at that weight. Well, I've been saying this for a while now. You were you were on the you, big say at one point those mocks had Charles Cross ahead of Evan Neal and Neal's ever going up. Uh, no, uh, hold on, no, 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 no. no I would no, have no. been hand raised guys in those room. Yeah, I said nothing uh, against Mister Cross, sir. Yeah, but uh, that dude, the dude at Alabama, just yes, star. He looks a lot like Laramie. Frankly, they're very similar. Um, He's a better run blocker yeah. than Laramie. I mean, like literally. But physique. yeah, 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 yeah. They're very similar. Because I saw Laramie doing some off season stuff with the shirt off a couple days ago. And yeah, that's yeah, what you look like. Yeah, sure. Um, and he has obviously fitted up much more than when he came out. Um, he would be the first if if I were drafting Evan Neal. Yeah. Unless I, yeah, yeah, I, he's who I would draft. A left tackle for the next twelve years. Yeah, sign me up. I can just mark that off my worry list. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think Hutchinson will go too to the Lions. Hometown kid, the whole deal. I think they will. Okay. They'll do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Congrats to the rest of the NFC Detroit. North. Yeah. That is just not the place to do the local kid thing. So I was I was reading here. Uh, is the athletic and one of their kind of here's ten things from articles. I found you, you with your former Bears fandom. I thought you'd find this interesting. I think you fully converted to the Bengals at this point. Yes, and I'll get to them in a minute. But uh, they have a headline on the athletic today that the headline is speaking of quarterback desperation. There's something else. Every time I'm above that. Okay. Uh, perhaps you've seen reports that Mitch Trubisky could be in demand as a starter, commanding an eight figure contract. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. <laughs> You say Mitch Trubisky or, uh, or like any other Trubisky? Kenny right? Trubisky. Is there another? It, what? What? How, why? Well, real quick, the fun fact before that was from 2017 to 2021, five NFL seasons. 
five different – sorry, three teams have, have had five different starting quarterbacks on opening day five years in a row. Okay. Um, the Colts, the Broncos, and the Commanders um, have had – Case Keenum has been a starter on two of those teams yes. over that five-team uh, period. And then Which if you want, tells you how hard it is to get quarterbacks. Yes. And if you want to look at the other side of it, there are five teams in the NFL who have had the same starting quarterback each of those five seasons. Those are the Pittsburgh Steelers, who obviously won't now. Seattle, Green Bay, Dallas, and Atlanta um, are, yeah. the, are the ones with, uh, with that. So anyway, back to Trubisky for a second. It says here, and I'm quoting, Imagine studying Trubisky's career, noticing the Chicago Bears had a 35-25 record in his starts, and thinking that kind of team success might be replicable elsewhere with Trubisky in the lineup. Believing that requires focusing on the Bears' questionable offensive coaching, personnel, and thinking one season as a backup in Buffalo has helped Trubisky while discounting quantifiable factors. The best the, thing about the coaching part of this, by the way, is very, very. The best thing about 2021 for Trubisky is that he didn't have to play. It's an interesting thing here. I like this shows exactly what we've all thought, but I love when we get numbers to it. Uh-huh. Trubisky is one of 55 quarterbacks to make at least 30 regular season and postseason starts over the last decade. His Chicago offenses rank 40th out of the 55 in expected points added per game, according to True Media. His combined Bears defenses and special teams rank third among the 55. Yes, third. I'm aware. You're, you're, you're aware. Yes, they were an NFL Super Bowl winning defense and special teams. Yes. If you've got a dominant defense special teams, you might also win you might also win fifty six percent of your games despite getting poor production from your quarterback and offense. If you do not possess that those things and decide to, decide to sign Trubisky anyway, you're betting on a Trubisky led offensive offense performing better than Trubisky led offenses had performed across sixty starts in the past, perhaps much better depending on how weak your defense and special teams might be, and someone is willing to potentially pay him ten to fifteen million. Well you're betting on him to be much better. I don't doubt that he's going to get a little better and that the Bears coaching in those those years that Trubisky was there, if you've read some of the stories, and I've linked them in 10 Thoughts frequently, it wasn't all Mitch's fault. In fact, most of it probably wasn't Mitch's fault. They They had no semblance of a plan a lot of times, and they asked Mitch Trubisky to do things that Mitch Trubisky wasn't good at instead of sticking with the things that he was good at. But still. And he's, he, he suffered from what Daniel Jones is also suffering from, is when somebody reaches for you to the point, your expectations change beyond what your ability level is. Sure. Yeah. We have different thoughts on Mitch Trubisky if he was taken 28th overall. But I think Jones is better than Trubisky. Oh, yeah, I do too. You know, I mean, he seems like a really good guy. Yeah, Luke makes a great point. And it's funny, you do wonder what would happen if that had happened differently. That doing He led that drive down the field on a year when their defense was elite. And dude missed the missed the field goal. If he makes that field goal and they win that game, he gets a playoff win. Do you judge him differently at that point? Because we put a lot of stock in playoffs in the NFL, as we should. It's the reason that everybody goes, ah, Lamar Jackson, I don't know. It's not regular season because he's dominant. It's those playoff games, boy, those – we do it with Dak. Mm -hmm. Look at Dak's regular season numbers, and you go, hey, big-time quarterback. Look at his playoff numbers, you're like, I don't know. Andy Dalton over the years. Yeah, you know, Dalton, for all the jokes, was a – Really good regular season quarterback. Was an above-average regular season quarterback. Got in the playoffs a lot. Yeah. 
Speaking of the Bengals, and I read the original story, and I know you're going to be shocked by this in journalism in 2022. The aggregation made it sound much different than it than it actually was in the original content. No. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, however, in saying that, I still think it's an interesting quote. Did you see this? I did not. The Cincinnati special teams coordinator. Okay. Um, his name is Darren Simmons. Okay. He talked to the athletic from the combine over the course of the week. And he asked him about McPherson, the kicker for the Bengals. About the whole deal at the halftime thing? That is correct. Who yes. gives a shit? Quote from Simmons. That's a sore subject. That's a really sore subject. <sighs> Hold on. Be careful if you're the special teams coach, right? Like, yes. you're going to lose this battle if it becomes to a battle here. And again, I'm, I'm going to go through a couple of things. It's not as dude, whatever. Dude didn't miss kicks all year. Not only that, he's he went a, 28 of 33 in the in the regular season, and then he went 14 for 14 in the postseason, including which two is game winners. Pretty good as a rookie. I don't care if he's as a 70 year old man or a 10 year old. You ask your kicker to do one thing: go make kicks. That's it. You don't really give a shit what he's doing any other time of the day or the week or the anything else, are you? Just go make kicks. When we send you out there to win the game, go win it. And Evan McPherson did. So what what was he going to do for 35 minutes in a locker room? Work on, hey, here's, hey, Joe, I noticed that. No, he, just go kick ball. Kick ball through post. He's really good at it. If he wants to go watch Snoop Dogg and Eminem, all power to him. Don't do anything with your foot. Just kick. Also worth noting, his long snapper also stayed on the field what was not in the view of the cameras. And all you're asking him to do is snap ball. Don't care what he does either. Snap ball. And a kicker is ball. one of the most like mental things in the world, too. Like He, he kind of gets treated like left-handed pitchers. Like If you need to go do something weird, go do something weird. Just come back and holler when you, you're, you're – Well, for those who've never been to a football practice, so at football practice they all come out on the field and they do their stretchy thing and they do their agility drills and stuff. And then the kickers all leave. They literally leave the practice field and go, I don't know, play cards or something. I don't know what they do. And then they come back near the end of practice to do the kicking portion of practice. Sorry, 16 postseason field goals, which tied the NFL record. Uh, he had five walk-off game winners throughout the season, including two which came in the playoffs. Yeah, he was uh, really good. And his 12 field goals from 50-plus smashed the team's pre previous single-season record of three um, and already set the franchise's career mark. So the guy gives the weird <laughs> quote here, and now he's challenging him beyond that. Like, okay, like, there's a little bit of self-importance here. There's, because I'm sure he can help the kickers, but it's almost kind of like a golf coach a little bit. Like, just stay out the damn way. Like, yeah, we're not we're, we're not changing swing planes here. Like, let's just well, especially when the dude's just hitting birdie after birdie after birdie. You don't go, you know leave. what you ought to do? No, you just go. Hey, would you like a water? So then they ask him, you know, what do you need from him in year two and beyond? And he goes, we certainly need to improve kickoffs, the consistency on kickoffs. One of the major things this offseason is i got to get his field goal leg to equate to what he does in kickoffs. He has a very, very powerful field goal leg. It's not that he doesn't have a powerful kickoff leg, but we got to get the power transferred into kickoffs more consistently than we did this year. Okay, we, we weren't going to do that at halftime. Him watching Dr. Dre didn't impact his kickoffs. 
No, 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 no. Hey, Evan, try something new this in half. In the second half of that Okay, game. so I'm still going. I, cause yeah. I, I've got, I promise I've got a point in a minute. And then they talked about, hey, you know, basically touchback percentage. And the guy goes, well, we lo- Evan can do so many things. That's not really fair. We need him to be able to gauge his power when we need to touch back, when we don't need to touch back. Essentially, he's got more tools in his toolbox than most kickers do, and we need to harness that in these different things. Okay. Which is a good answer. Fine. Fine. I have no sure. issue with that whatsoever. Cool. But then here, he needs to become a better practice kicker and kick better than he has. It's not that it's poor, but I think for him to be a lead and go over the top, he's got to kick better in practice and learn new things. He doesn't like this kid. And you're going to lose if you go head-to-head with McPherson right now. Do you like your job? This is like Allen Iverson here. We're talking about practice? I mean, I mean. He chose this time to point out to a reporter that McPherson is a bad practice kicker. Not a game. Not a game. Practice. The dude that. Because the Bengals head coach couldn't give two dams about his practice kicking right now. The dude that knocked in the game winner in Nashville, the game winner in Kansas City. I mean, stop. Just stop yourself. They don't even have an they don't even have an indoor practice facility in Cincinnati. It gets cold there. You're worried about what he does on Wednesday? No, no, no. If he's making kicks, like Ginger said, if he's kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin through a big giant H on Sunday, I don't care what else he does. I don't care if he wears a Wizard of Oz costume to practice on Thursday. I just don't care. I mean, my, my, my interaction with him would be, hey, McPherson, you doing good? Good. I'm not misreading this right, though, right? He, he doesn't like He this. doesn't like the kid. He, he thinks he's grandstanding. Well, he's this, not, is, this is a football coach wanting everybody to be football. Yeah. He's, not a, he's a kicker. He kicks balls through a big H, and he does it remarkably well. And as long as he does, leave him the hell alone. Because you know how this works in the league. The day that he stops successfully kicking yeah, yeah, yeah. said pigskin. It doesn't through, matter that he's a great practice player. Or the greatest guy in the world. They're going to cut him. In the NFL, you miss a couple of kicks. It's like, hey, dude, we're going to have to. Yeah, he's frustrated by his rookie kicker being a cocky SOB, not realizing that being a cocky SOB is helping him kick. Because t- he never thinks he's missing a kick. On a team where the, the, the lead dude is cocky. Yes. So the fact that McPherson walks up to Joe Burrow and goes, hey, we're, we're going to Super Bowl. Watch this. And then follows through and does it? Why do you mess with that? I mean, I mean, why do you fool with that? I don't touch it. I leave him alone. I mean, I say, hey, everything good? How's your mom and them? Really? Good. Great. See you Sunday. Game's at noon. Probably need you here by 11. Yeah, there's some stuff. Some stuff. Real sore subject. But, really mad he watched Snoop. But the practice thing, no, no. And if I'm if I'm Taylor, the head coach, I'm calling I'm calling my my, my Darren boy Simmons. Darren Simmons in and going, Hey Darren, <clears throat> shut up. You know he was pissed when he reads the quotes going really. Yeah, why are we why are we borrowing trouble? Everybody it's, laughed at it, everybody moved on, it's all good. He watched Snoop. It's all good. <laughs> it didn't impact a damn thing. It was a normal, a normal, and in fairness to him, kickers normally go in and they get like a drink of water. And come back out. And probably go use the bathroom or whatever. 
check their phone, and then they come back out real quick, and they're, they're the first ones back out on the field. So at the Super Bowl, because you're doing the whole show with Dr. Dre and Mary J. Blige and all that stuff, it takes you got to set up a stage and take down a It stage. would actually have been abnormal for him to stay in the locker room for 40 minutes. What's he going to do in there? Yeah. Take a nap? I mean, he, he just came back out walking around. He might have just been wanting to keep the juices flowing, and, and it might be that he really likes Dr. Dre. I don't know. What difference does it make? Yeah. He's not... He's not involved in the scheme. Hey, guys, we've got to block up Aaron Donald better. Well, he's like, well, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Well, you want me to do it? I can't block him. I'm, I'm, I'm here to kick ball, and I do it really, really well. And had he lined up to kick a field goal to win that game at the end, everybody would have said that. Somebody's going to make it. Yeah, sure. So. so he went out and watched Eminem. It's all good. Yeah. Who cares? I would have just said, literally, if I'd been Darren, whatever his name is, hey, was he good? Did you enjoy the show? If at some point in the next 18 months Darren Simmons is fired, it's going to be more because of his comments and how his special teams has done. Yeah. Because we just don't need, even need the trouble. No, he needs to call him and go, hey, we, uh, Dr. Dre's going on tour. You want a ticket? Yeah. I got sure. you. Yeah. yeah, just leave him alone. Yeah. That's stupid. So if you love eating shrimp, don't particularly like choosing the right option in the store or cooking at home, you're not alone. Most frozen shrimp available at the store is raised and processed 8,000 miles away and subject to poor farming practices. Don't want a bad option ruin dinner for you. Choose New Orleans-based prime shrimp and take pride in the shrimp you eat. They've been peeling and processing shrimp for 70-plus years and know how to do it right. Shop primeshrimp.com for a risk-free purchase. Money-back guaranteed. Shrimp straight to your door. Use the code MPW for $20 off your first order. They have a new flavor, the Louisiana Shrimp Boil, available right now there. And remember, it's a uh, uh, freezer to plate in less than 10 minutes. So primeshrimp.com. I mean, the more I think about it, just, man. Kind of stupid. Really stupid. Just someone says he's sipping on gin and juice. Even if he was, I'd just leave him alone until he starts missing kicks. Hope the mailbag up on Wednesday. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt, Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. Condos, land, commercial and residential family homes, 662-567-2573 or uh, 662-842-3844. Uh, we're also brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. Are you on the job hunt? Whether you're seeking an entry-level position or you're a seasoned professional, they have opportunities across the board, IT, engineering, dentistry, accounting, manufacturing, human resources. Maybe you don't even know what you're looking for, but they can help you at Service Specialist. Their goal is to get to know you, your strengths, and see what you're looking for in your next career move and to find you the right fit. It's free for the candidate. All conversations are kept confidential, so you have nothing to lose by giving them a call. If your company is looking to fire, to hire, not fire, hire quality, hard-to-find talent, service specialists can help you. Keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send. You have nothing to lose, so give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138. Check out their new and improved website at servicespecialistltd.com. Brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. Also brought to you by uh, Corinth Dental. Every day they're helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick. And Dr. Bubba McQueen are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. 
These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile, 12 months. No interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. Brought to you by Bell & Grove, uh, based out of Chattanooga. Bell & Grove uh, is a logistics provider with more than 35 years of transportation industry experience. They specialize in domestic freight movement throughout the continental U.S. They can navigate through supply chain issues while also leaning on their partner carriers to get the most competitive rate possible for their customers. In addition, Bell & Grove can help customers design a custom solution for their shipping needs. Whether your business is in need of moving a truckload, a partial shipment, or a flatbed, Bell & Grove can accommodate you. They provide both air and ground expedited services for customers who need to move product quickly. For more information, call Daryl Oliver, 865-672-6557. And uh, it was another successful weekend for uh, Southern Traditions. Lots of awards won by tickets punched to national uh, competitions in Kentucky and such. It's, uh, if you want to learn more about Southern Traditions, Get in touch with Bowers Cone One. It's B O W E R S Cone, the number one at gmail.com, or message them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68 acre, 32 stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. It's all offered at Southern Tradition, uh, including uh, uh, they got beginner lessons. Uh, nationally recognized competitions, uh, lots of uh, lots of training, a lot of things going on there at Southern Traditions Farm. So, what did you think of the Carolina Duke thing of the night? Well, I mean, I hope to one day be as happy about someone losing as Jeffrey Wright was about Duke losing. It was funny. I was laughing at Jeffrey's Twitter. Um, kudos to Hubert Davis yeah. in North Carolina because they kicked that ass and. Um, I'm not a K guy. He bugs me. You know, what's funny about K is that people like greatness. Like, typically you'll give a lot of benefit of the doubt to people who are, you know, legends and great and all those different things. And I get Duke basketball is pretty easy to hate. Yeah. Even though I always kind of found myself pulling for Duke instead of Carolina for no real reason. I, did I don't too. care. But I always kind of pull Until for Duke recently. over Carolina. Well, that's my point, is that K is so abrasive and just hard to like Yeah. that even with all the accolades, you go, yeah, no. And usually you'll kind of, you know, you kind of want that. I mean, you you, you sort of pull for the, the, always, the, the elite. Like in the 90s, I always cheered for them. Yeah. That team with Grant Hill and Christian Leitner and all that, that was one of the best. I loved that team. I loved the way they played and they were, Bobby Hurley was the scrappy point guard and, um, you know, Brian Davis and Antonio Lang and all those guys. I love those guys. And he's had great teams since then. But if I could go back and change a handful of things, Gordon Hayward's half-court shot falls. Ooh. It falls. God, that would have been awesome. They really would have. Wouldn't that have been great to watch Mike Krzyzewski lose on a half-court shot to Butler in the title game? Oh, just feed that straight into my... So I, I do hate Butler never got one. And and I like Hubert Davis. And Hubert Davis, to me, has made North Carolina more likable. And I enjoyed watching them just beat that ass. And they beat their ass Saturday night. But they did. Duke's got 
five first-round picks. And then Krzyzewski does the deal where he, unacceptable, I apologize, it's unacceptable. Shut up, man. Just shut up. But kind of bugged me. And then the sappiness of it all, you're retiring. Okay. It's not over yet. You still got an ACC tournament, an NCAA tournament. Wouldn't you love them to lose a two fifteen game in the first round? Wouldn't that just be great? Like, drop one to Longwood or Loyola. Long, or oh yeah, yeah, Longwood. <laughs> yeah, I'd feel things. I think that you think Hubert Davis actually can put a winner there. Yeah, I think so. You think they can be elite? Yeah. Yeah, it's North Carolina. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so. Could probably got to get his footing. But yeah, I think so. Yeah, last thing, we're getting to conference tournament week, obviously. Of the six locks, what do you rate their chances of at least elite eight or better? Ooh. SEC teams. Well, I love Kentucky's chances to get to the elite. You give them the best chance. I love Auburn's chance. Nah, I mean, I mean, I'm a, listen. Those four teams, that stat that you talked about the other day, and John Calipari tweeted about it. Those four teams, thirty-five and one at home. Correct. Arkansas lost its SEC opener at home to Vanderbilt by one point, and then won the rest of its home games. The other three teams, clean slate. Those four teams are all legitimately good. They can beat you in different ways. They're gritty. They're well coached. I don't know how much you've watched of those four teams. So, they're really good teams. You're putting Kentucky one. I'd probably put Kentucky one. I, I think I'd go. I mean, I get it's matchup dependent. But I think I'd go that. Auburn two. Okay. Probably Arkansas three because they can beat you in a couple of different ways. And Tennessee four, but if you told me Tennessee was a Final Four team, I'd completely buy it. Bam or LSU five. LSU really? Yeah, they're good. Bama has such a defensive issue. Yeah, that... LSU's really good. Tari Eason doesn't get credit, and he might be the he might be a seventh or eighth pick in the draft. Um, then last thing, uh, LSU signing Jaden Daniels, the quarterback at Arizona State. So now they have a quarterback room of Miles Brennan, uh, the Nussmeyer kid, and Jaden Daniels. <laughs> so starting quarterback Jaden Daniels for the Tigers this fall. I would um, think. Yeah. Uh, he was fine. That's what – because, oh, God, he got whatever. It was like he started three seasons at Arizona State and threw for 6,000 yards. like, hold on, let me do some math real quick. I mean – Okay. Okay, it's good. A little, but, diff- little different league coming to. Yeah. It... Look, you, you know what's coming in the fall. The SEC is going to be brutal. There's no such thing as it's, – it's like when people go through the schedules and go, W, L with this yeah, – Magic marker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might, he might want to get some erasable ink, champ. I mean, there's, yeah. there's just not too many games on the schedule that you go W or L mm-hmm. in SEC play. I think Vanderbilt's going to suck again. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think for Ole Miss, for example, I mean, you look at Alabama and you're like, eh, probably not. And then you look at Vanderbilt and you go to W. Yeah. There's a couple others that you go, I feel pretty good about it. But then there's other games, and that's one of them at LSU. No one's going, oh, that's a win. Oh, sure. Any more than you're going, that's a loss. Sure. I, I took, it's going to be a 
Difficult game. Going to be a difficult game to navigate. Yeah. So, All right. Coverage at herbalgrove.com. Again, uh, Ole Miss and Missouri. That is Wednesday at 5 o'clock. Got some baseball content up. We'll try to find out whatever's going on with Kevin Graham when we know that. And, uh, and more. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning for another edition of the show. So take care. Have a good day. We'll talk to you then.